evening and welcome to the Dreary Midnight Podcast. My name is Lisa, my pronouns are she, they. My name is Celeste, my pronouns are she, her. And what are we talking about tonight, Celeste? Tonight we are going to be talking about reincarnation and past lives. Ooh. Ooh. Let's get into it. <laughs> Intro music. Intro music. Um, this is gonna be fun this is the beginning of the end it's not the end but it's Uh, it's the beginning of a lot of pre-planned and pre-recorded episodes we just spent literally half an hour figuring out when we're gonna record because i'm gonna be out of town for like three weeks at a time yeah Uh, (laughs) but tourism is fun kids anyway (laughs) um okay what do you know about general blueprints Past um, lives and reincarnation. So, uh, generally, you know, reincarnation tends to be with, uh, is a major tenet in Buddhism. Like, you gotta improve and improve. And if you've succeeded a lot with Buddhism, you get uh, reincarnated better the next time around. <laughs> um, I have heard a lot of creepy stories about kids knowing about their past lives. Um, and, like, a couple of creepy crossovers that were like i died in a plane crash and my (laughs) darling's name was mary sue and then you find someone who like was a world war ii pilot and left mary sue pregnant or something well we are going to be talking about all of that all right (laughs) uh so sit tight all right and let me regale you with the tales of some past lives all right i am holding on to my butt (laughs) all right before we get into that i want to say i've always been interested in this topic but Specifically, I remembered that this topic existed because one of my kids that... So I'm a teacher, a preschool teacher. Yeah. Which is, I feel like, prime age for kids to say things and be interpreted in the creepiest way possible. (laughs) But one of my kids is a past life person. Like, believes in it or said, like, Miss Celeste, when I was a pilot... Like Like that. Oh my god. Okay, so she hasn't said it to me, but and I'm not gonna name names because, you know, so we're gonna call her Mary Sue. Mary Sue. All right. So, um I do wanna say I do wanna start with a few anecdotes, which I Mary Sue is so funny (laughs) because she literally acts like an old lady. Okay. But she's three. Okay. So, uh, for example, like I remember it was a windy day. Okay. And she turns to me and she goes, Oh, it's blustery today. And then um, one time we were like uh, out, um, all the kids were running around, you know, in the grass and she was kind of just sitting by herself. I just wanted to make sure she was okay, you know, because you usually like if you see a child by themselves, it usually You have to worry about them a little bit. Yeah. So I went up to her and I was like, hey, um, Mary Sue, are you okay? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm just watching the kids play. (laughs) Which is a girl. grandma thing to say. It is such a grandma yeah. thing to say. And then this other time we were like, one of the other girls in the school was putting on a concert, okay. which basically just consisted of her singing Frozen songs. That tracks. And songs that she made up. Okay. <laughs> so she was singing at the top of her lungs, very As out of tune. Does, yeah. yeah, very out of tune, very... Mostly just, it was basically just yelling. Yeah. Um, which is fine. She yelling was three and it was cute. A, yelling with an approximate tempo, I feel like, is all yeah. for three-year-olds. Yeah. Um, and Mary Sue turns to me and she goes, wow, she's got a strong voice. <laughs> which is like something that a, a grandmother would say. I, I think some of my old choir teachers said that about me in order to be gentle about maybe you should stop singing. Uh, but stop. see, <laughs> another three-year-old wouldn't have yeah. that response. Yeah. So I was mentioning all of these to her mom once, and we, it was just like, do, oh. Do her parents talk like that a little bit, or? Not really. Oh. Her parents kind of just talk like normal adults. Yeah. But I was talking to her mom, and I was just kind of casually mentioning, like, it's so funny. She has the energy of, like, a grandmother. Yeah. And she goes, you know that she talks about her past life with me sometimes. <gasps> and I was like, what? What does Mary Sue say? She goes, like, I don't remember everything because we were just having conversations in passing. But basically, Mary Sue's mom was saying that 
Sometimes Mary Sue will talk about stuff. It's like, oh, mommy, when I was your age, mm. you know, I used to hang out with my brother and do this and this and this. Yeah, and and I asked um, her mom, like, has she said any specific names or anything that you can actually trace back? And she mm. said, no, it's not like that, that you know, specific. specific yeah. But she does talk a lot about when she was mommy's age. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's getting into the creepy bits. Yeah. I mean, the only thing... <laughs> I remember that could have been, like, that was in my active memory. That could also be interpreted as, like, a creepy kid statement. So I have this weird memory at my mother. Please confirm or deny if you remember this. But I have this vague memory of, like, joking around with my brother at the dinner table saying, like, well, when I was in mommy's room, I had a Barbie set. (laughs) Maybe it just sounds like you were trying to one-up your brother. Yeah, and that kind of thing. It was just, like, it was very much, uh, it was very comfy when I was in mommy's room, but, like, nothing, no distinct, like, actual thing before mommy's room or anything. But, yeah, apparently Mary Sue had a whole different name. And, right. you know, her brother had a specific name, but there were no last names, so this is really kind of hard to fact check. Does Mary Sue in this iteration also have a brother? Yes. Ah. So, yeah. you know. So it could well be that she's just uh, vocalizing the experience around her. Yeah. Yeah. Her parents are both very learned people, though, mm. so I, I believe them when they say that she says things that are a little... Yeah. Out of the ordinary. Given uh, the energy you've told me on those, what, three or four instances? Uh, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that um, obviously sent me down a rabbit hole because I remember hearing about stories about, like, past lives and children yeah. who can recall their past life. All right. Um, but I do want to start off by talking about reincarnation in general. All right. And by starting off with the uh, religions and cultures that support the idea of reincarnation. All right. So we're going to start with uh, Hinduism. All right. Okay. So according to Hindu scriptures, every living organism has a soul, which is part of the supreme soul. Okay. Now, this soul is immortal, so death only applies to the physical body. Mm. The soul changes bodies after death, and the body you get depends on the karma that you've accrued. Mm. So if you've done good karma in this birth life, then you get rewards for it in the next life. But Mm -hmm. if you have done bad karma, then you get punished for that in the next life. Um, The present conditions of your life, therefore, are the results of your choices from your previous life. Okay. So if you're a garbage person in the next in the last life, you're gonna get not like, a great hand in this yeah. life. Is it like if you're a serial killer as a human, do you get like reincarnated as a carrot, or like <laughs> is it um, is it only animate things, or well, it depends on which religion we're talking about. So Hinduism specifically, you mostly are reincarnated as a human, but you can be reincarnated as an animal. Okay, but no carrots. No carrots. Not not for Hinduism. <laughs> okay. But we'll get into that in another religion. Okay. But um, basically, the cycle continues until you get salvation and become one with the supreme soul, which is the end goal. Okay. So you basically have to purify okay. yourself. Okay. So there's some rules in reincarnation, which is you most of the time a human will get reincarnated as a human. Sometimes you get an animal. It's possible. Uh, in general, after getting three births of the same sex, you get the birth of a, di- of a different sex. Okay. So you're not going to be, you know, in a, like, female body forever okay. or something. Okay. Doing good karma doesn't eradicate bad karma. You still have to suffer for the bad karma that you've already done. Okay. Um, if a person dies suddenly with strong wills unfulfilled, they might become a ghost until favorable conditions are available for the next birth. Okay. Uh, After death, you don't get the next birth immediately. The soul is in one of seven levels, and once the conditions are created to fit the karma that you accrued, uh, you can get then you get reborn. Okay, so it's like the point system in the good place. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. (laughs) No, the good place is a really good. Yeah, it's so clever and it's so smart. Anyway, it is, and it it has a, a great balance of kind of taking bits and pieces of different religions and different aspects of the afterlife if you have not watched the good place and i highly recommend it it's been on your list bump it up 
12 out of 10. Anyway. Yeah, it's funny and smart. Uh, where was I? I was about to say, oh, you're at reincarnation. This is the entire <laughs> so, episode. We're 12 minutes into reincarnation, Lisa. Oh my god. <laughs> so basically, um, you could there's a, in Hinduism there's a possibility that you're gonna become a ghost and you're just gonna be in a like a limbo state until the conditions are met that meet the karma that you've accrued. But okay, so you're a ghost. You said if there's a strong will, like like if, if they die suddenly. And so they have a lot like of a unfulfilled crash. things. Okay. If you die in like a car crash and you're, but like, are you on your way to a good works? Are you on your way to bad works? Is it I guess just it like... depends on what you've done so far uh, okay. in the life that you uh, had. Okay. Yeah. But basically the main thing with Hinduism is that you might have to wait before you get reincarnated. Okay. And um, I guess your reincarnation karma total is... I guess, at the point of death, not necessarily. Yes. <laughs> if we get into, like, the media place with um, <laughs> with a good place, it's sort of, like, because the main question with the medium place is, like, the person there was, like, an absolutely garbage person. But they were on their way to but, becoming like, <laughs> a better person yeah, and then died. Uh, yeah, like, literally, I think it was a, they had signed Oh, signed over all their money or yeah, something like that. Yeah, signed up, signed the documents to create the trusts to put all their their terribly acquired money to very good works, mm-hmm. and then on the subway platform they stumbled and fell onto the third rail. And yeah. it's like, do they get credit for that because the documents were signed, but like they didn't, they weren't there to facilitate that or anything yeah. else. Anyway. I don't know. It doesn't go into that specific, but okay. I have to assume it's what you've done with your deeds up until the moment you die. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So in that case, it probably would count because she's already signed it away. Yeah. So sure. either way. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the soul's initial birth, in the soul's initial births, it is more attracted to the physical realm. But as it matures, it becomes more spiritual. Because remember, the goal is to cleanse yourself and purify yourself so that you can become one with the Supreme Soul. Okay. So when it first starts, it's more like attracted to the physical things. And then, you know, the more spiritual person is, that probably means that they've been reincarnated a lot. Okay. All of your good and bad karma is recorded in your body. And when you die, those memories enter the new body. Okay. Which... Which is Remember how we that get for to, the past lives thing. Yeah. Which is how we get to, I was in a fire and my girlfriend was Mary Sue. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and some sages, some Hindu sages believe that everything since the creation of the universe is stored in our bodies, but only mm. a few people can recall those memories. Hmm. Which I think would be really cool. Yeah. Like, I remember the Big Bang. Yeah. It would be wild to have, like, a caveman memory or something. Yeah. <laughs> We do have uh, reusable straws in reusable glasses, which are a little bit loud. And lastly, only human beings can attain salvation. We get a human body after the soul travels through 8.4 million species. That's a lot of species. Yep. Therefore, salvation is the final aim of life. Okay. I mean, is there a rank species amongst species? Like... No, I mean, I'm assuming that you, like, if you're an insect, it's not as good as like being, like, a hawk. Exactly. Yeah. But, and then eventually, yeah. uh, as after you get through all those species, you can reincarnate as a human. Okay. Wouldn't it be so disconcerting if you still have your hawk brain and then next level <laughs> as a baby? Like, a human baby? Like, how disorienting is that? Where are my wings? <laughs> you just see a human baby, like, look freaked out. Like, yeah. with the hawk, the big hawk eyes. Yeah. Just, like, staring yeah. at things. Yeah. So that's, in a nutshell, reincarnation. According um, to in, Hinduism. According to Hinduism. So another religion that believes in reincarnation is Jainism. Okay. Now all of these religions are in like uh, the general... Generally Asia? Like east, yeah. Okay. Yeah. East of here. East of here. Yeah. It's not really a Western philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But either way. I don't know that I've heard of Jainism. I hadn't either. Um, But Jainism is very... They're view of reincarnation is very similar to Hindu beliefs of reincarnation uh, with only slight differences. So, okay. for one, 
They believe that rebirth happens instantly after you die. Okay. So straight from the fire to the womb. Basically. Yes, exactly. Okay. Secondly, the mental state of the being at the time of death plays an important role in reincarnation with the ideal being a calm and contented death with mm-hmm. the mind focused on spiritual matters. Okay. So ideally, you're nice and calm and accepting of death as you die. Okay. And that'll help you with your reincarnation. Okay. Probably because of the same thing of like, you want to be the most spiritual that you can okay. be. Yeah. To get to salvation. Yeah. Now, also, I think this is the biggest, like, thing. Uh, this body may not be human or animal. The soul okay. can actually be born into uh, four conditions. Okay. Or gatis. So, sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong. So, there is manusya gati, which is a human being. Okay. Devagati, which is a heavenly being living in the heavens. Okay. Naraka Gati, which is an infernal being living in the hells, and Tiryag Gati, which is an animal or plant. Okay. So carrots are on the table for Carrots are now on the table. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the main goal is liberation of the soul from the cycle of rebirth. And like Hinduism, Jainism believes that only humans can have a liberated soul. So, uh, if you uh, get reincarnated as a carrot, you're done fucked up. Yeah. Well, it's if you get reincarnated as a carrot, you got to reincarnate again and again uh, yeah. and again until yeah. you get a human soul. Yeah. So, gathering positive karma can lead to birth as a heavenly being or a human being. Okay. And having a lot of negative karma can result in birth as an animal, insect, plant, or hellish being, which makes it difficult to follow Jane principles and gain enough positive karma for your next life. Yeah, because how does a carrot comprehend philosophy? Exactly. Yeah. So you just kind of have to keep being reincarnated until you are a being that can understand the concept of these, like... Um, the of, philosophical concepts. Yeah, exactly. Of the principles yeah. of Jainism. Okay. And then you have to actually follow those principles. Okay. So you have to be both mentally and physically able to, like, follow everything. Yeah. Okay. When, when you put it that way, 8.4 million doesn't seem like a lot of, re- <laughs> of reincarnation yeah. because you could be a carrot, and die, yeah, and then be, like, a cricket and then die yeah. in, like, two days and then be, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, especially <laughs> if you think of the life cycle of some of these insects or even, like, a couple of birds. Exactly. Like, yeah, I mean... <laughs> The only thing that might hinder you on your timeline is if you get a whale, because in the wild you live to like a hundred sometimes. But even then you have the entirety of time. Yeah. To like, maybe this whale was born in like 500 BC BC or something. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. So (laughs) Anyway. anyway. Yeah. Even a soul born as a heavenly being is trapped in the cycle of rebirth. So the best condition to be born is to be born as a human. Okay. Because once again, they believe that humanity is the only one. The humans are the only ones who can actually... Can um, both physically and mentally have the capacity to do End the cycle. End the cycle. So if you're a human trying to get all your karma, positive karma in order, and you do, what then? Do you get a heavenly being? You probably still get a human. Okay. Because if you got all your good karma, and that's the thing too, like you got to get rid of all the bad karma and get the, you get the rewards for the good karma and you get the punishment for the bad karma. Yeah. So it's going to take a while to get all that bad karma Cleared out. out. Yeah. 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 But Especially because humans are inherently flawed. So yeah. we're going to make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So if you live, like, a perfect life, you're probably going to have to live a couple more perfect lives before yeah. you. Before you get the right amount of positive karma. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Jainism. All right. So Sikh, Sikhism. 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 Yeah. Sikhism. Um, I've heard both pronunciations. Please email us in about Yeah, I've heard Sikh, but I if it's Sikh, Sikh and that's Sikh. fine. Yeah. Um, 
I don't have they they basically have similar beliefs to both Hinduism and Jainism. Okay. I couldn't find any notable differences other than just like the words that they use. Okay. Um but they are also a culture that believe a religion that believes yeah. in reincarnation. Okay. So I just thought that was notable. Yeah. And Buddhism also like I this is just a like what I could find through Google and I try to use websites that were written by people who are in these regions. Yeah. But if anybody listening is like, actually, you totally got this wrong. Or yeah. like, actually. Uh, or if there's like a bunch of different branches that believe like a major element is entirely different. Yeah. Let us know that let as well. Let us know. Yeah. I'm always happy to learn yeah, about same. new stuff. Yeah. Um, and Part of the reason we started this podcast is so I had an excuse to learn and talk about new things. <laughs> exactly. So please go forth and correct us. Yeah. Because these are podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, these are people's religions, and I yes. do want to be respectful of that. Yes. I know that sometimes, like, as a, as a Catholic, I'll have protestant friends who were like don't catholics do this and i'm like no where did you hear that yeah. sort of thing yeah. so i i know what it's like to yeah. kind of have that like yeah uh well you know maybe get it from the source so if yeah. you have corrections please let me know yeah all right now buddhism buddhism surprisingly now this okay surprisingly buddhism doesn't believe in reincarnation hmm. they do believe in rebirth okay I, I might be jumping the gun here, but what's the difference? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure <laughs> out. Right. This one was the one, like, when I was researching Hinduism and Jainism and Sikhism, I was like, okay, I, um, like, I, I kind of get it, you know, I get the, the main gist of it. And with Buddhism, I just, I can't wrap my head around it. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just not a spiritual enough person. But these are the notes I took. You are also raised Catholic, so also entirely raised... different yeah. you know, philosophy <laughs> baseline here. Um, okay. So, it could also be that the articles that I looked at were just, like, worded weirdly. Okay. Who knows? Cool. Maybe, you know, translation stuff. Yeah. So, Buddhism believes in rebirth. Okay. Um, and the, so, it does believe that the soul is in a sort of cycle of death and rebirth until it achieves purification. However, okay. according to Buddhist beliefs, the soul does not have a permanent nature and so after death, it ceases to exist. Okay. Okay. So there's no, like, universal soul or anything like that? It, I, nah, probably not. Well, here's the thing. Because it mostly talked about the individual soul. So basically, the Buddha believed that the physical body was corrupt and impermanent and had to be discarded after death. And... Okay. The idea of rebirth rejects any conception of an unchanging self or soul. So they believe that a new consciousness comes into being with every birth and passes on when the person dies, eliminating a permanent unchangeable entity that moves from one life to another. So it's more linear. Okay. Not necessarily circular. Okay. So rebirth is not about someone coming back to you. It's coming... Okay. Rebirth is not about someone coming back as you do in reincarnation, but rather the passing away of one state of existence and arising in another, a process of transition and transmigration that will cease only when nirvana is reached. So it's not necessarily that you keep coming back, but more like you're going step by step. Okay. I think what I from what I remember, it's like they believe that you're constantly being rebirthed. Like... Okay. It, there's no there's no permanency, and okay. every state of existence is a new rebirth, including like minute to minute. Yeah. Presumably. Presumably, okay. if I like I said, if I'm getting okay. it wrong, let me know. This was the most confusing one for me the to grasp. Buddhist philosophers are dreary midnight. Please yeah. write in. <laughs> yeah. When compared to this, is the only way I could grasp my mind about it is by comparing it to Hinduism. Okay. So compared to Hinduism's cycles of life. Um, so, so Hinduism mm -hmm. cycle of life, death, and rebirth are circular, while Buddhism's process is linear. Okay. Wait, Buddhism is linear and Hinduism is circular? Is circular. Okay. So they both believe in karma. Okay. But from what I could tell, it's more like Buddhism believes, like, your soul ceases to exist, but the karma that you made... <laughs> Okay. Kind of affects 
the like they kind of believe in like the actions you do and the butterfly effect is kind of that karma mm. that you leave behind okay so latching to onto something that you might have said earlier so it's a new consciousness every time there's a rebirth at least in buddhist philosophy yeah that means or that at least that indicates to me that hinduism would like to indicate that it's the same or similar consciousness yeah. from one body to the next. So you have your carrot memories yeah. and your hawk memories. Exactly. And whereas in in Buddhism, it's you know you wouldn't necessarily have your carrot instinct and your hawk instinct. Yeah. But I think Buddhism, from what you've described so far, is very much in the Things are not created or destroyed, just transferred. Yeah. A la physics and energy. I was hoping that you would help me figure it out, and it seems I, you have. <laughs> I mean, uh, again, Buddhist scholars of Drury Minnet, please write in <laughs> to correct us on that. Uh, yes. I might have gotten that totally wrong, and that was very much me trying to vocalize things. But again, Buddhist and Sikh and Hindu and Jainist uh, philosophers of Drury Midnight, please. Please chime in. <laughs> yes. Drury Midnight Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> and of course, like with every religion, there's different sects of different religions, yeah. and some might believe in one thing and some might not. Yeah. So, yeah. Keeping that in mind. Yes. Those are the cultures that kind of believe in incarnation. There's more of them, but those are like the main ones mm. that I found. And now we're going to kind of look less at religion and more at past lives Mm. in a sense. Okay. So basically we're going to look at how Western audiences react to this idea of reincarnation. Okay. So I'm going to mention two names, which is Ian Stevenson and uh, Jim B. Tucker. I... Have you Don't heard, think of, I've heard of either of those people? Okay, perfect. So, this is the second half of my <laughs> of my uh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, even Stevenson, he lived from 19, 1918 to two thousand seven. Okay, someone was long lived. Yeah, seriously. He was a Canadian-born American psychiatrist who founded and directed the Division of Perceptual Studies at the University of Virginia School of Medicine. Okay. Stevenson was a professor at uh, at the University of Virginia School of Medicine for 50 years, and he was chair of the Department of Psychiatry from 1957 to 67, and a research professor of psychiatry from 2002 until his death in 2007. Okay. When he was... In his 80s, he was still teaching. <laughs> well, oh he was at God. least researching. Yeah. yeah. So, um, as the founder and director of the Division of Perceptual Studies, originally named Division of Personality Studies, uh, which investigates the paranormal, Stevenson became known for his research into cases he considered suggestive of reincarnation. The idea that emotions, memories, and even physical bodily features can be passed on from one incarnation to another. And not from, like, your just mom's side of the family. Okay. There, he basically was like, there are some personality traits or some things that don't necessarily make sense to come from. We'll get from, into that. Uh, from, like, genetics or yeah. nature and nurture and all that. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, isn't it wild that UVA had, like, a an entire department for paranormal shit? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think they still do. I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I... not. In the course of his 40 years doing international fieldwork, he researched 3,000 cases of children who claimed to remember past lives. That is a solid sample size. Yep. His position was that certain phobias, philias, unusual abilities, and illnesses could not be fully explained by genetics or the environment. He believed that in addition to genetics and the environment, reincarnation might possibly provide a third contributing factor. Say that entire last sentence one more time. He believed that in addition to genetics and the environment, reincarnation might possibly provide a third contributing factor. Okay. So basically what we were saying, which is it's not necessarily nature or nurture. It could be something else. Okay. So after Stevenson's retirement 
from the department. Jimby Tucker, a child psychiatrist and Bonner Lowry professor of psychiatry and neurobehavioral sciences at UVA, mm-hmm. um, worked with Stevenson. He he worked with Stevenson for several years until his Stevenson's retirement, and he took over in like two thousand two. So then Tucker okay. started doing yeah. taking More over Stevenson's research. And he's still doing that. Okay. Like I said, it was 3,000 cases, and they weren't just from the U.S., but they were also in other countries, uh, Brazil, India, Sri Lanka, Turkey, as well as various countries in Africa and Europe. Okay, so a solid sample size of cultural influence as well. Yeah. That's good. And then when I was talking to... Not talking. <laughs> just you having a casual guys. conversation. Yeah, you know. When, well, I could probably. I could call him up. Yeah. No, when I was um, reading... It was a a short paper that Tucker had written. Um, He mentioned that there's basically cases throughout the world except for Antarctica because nobody lives in Antarctica. Except adult researchers not having babies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) These are kind of the general facts, like general facts about kids who are talking about past lives. So they begin talking about past lives around the age of two or three, basically when they start being verbal. Okay. And stop having these memories around seven to eight years old, generally. Okay. Okay. They make their statements spontaneously and without the use of hypnotic regression. Okay. So you know how people do the past the, life regression yeah, yeah. thing? I know of it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anyone who's done it. I think if it'd be fun, have, honestly. If but... you have, write in drearymidnightpodcast at yeah. gmail.com. But no, these kids, like, you know, like Mary Sue in the beginning, yeah. would just say unprompted, oh, yeah. this is... Blah, blah, this blah. is a blustery day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> This but, reminds me of that summer in 1975. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, would it... That kind of preempts the question. Would it have been something like... I remember the blustery day in 75? Or would it have just been like, oh, yeah, I... How specific is it? I think it depends on the child. Okay. Like, obviously, Mary Sue's not super specific. Yeah. But I'm sure if... But she has the peculiar vocab of a 75-year-old yeah. woman. I'm sure if she, if her parents asked her specific questions, she might, you know, mm. yeah, be able to tell them. I, I told her mom, like, you got to ask before she turns too old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, you know, not my kid. Yeah. <laughs> not, not my choice. Yeah. So... They mostly describe recent lives, mostly, but not always, uh, with the median time between the death of the previous life and the birth of the present life being about 15 months. Okay. So, so say a, a kid a is year. like five years old and they're mm-hmm. talking about their past life and then it's like, oh yeah, this woman died seven years ago okay. or something. So it's 15 months from death day to birthday. Yeah. Okay. That's the median age. Yeah. Okay. Which means that it can go as far as like 70 years before or as short as like a year before or a couple years before or something. But okay. that so, over the course of the 3,000 case studies they did, that's yeah. the generally you've noticed that it happens within the lifetime, like the past lifetime. Mm-hmm. And also that it tends to happen around their home country, like in their home country or around their home country. So your Mary Sue is not somebody reincarnated from like Sudan or no. something. Okay. My Mary Sue is probably somebody reincarnated from the United States. Yeah. Okay. About 75% of these children can remember in detail their deaths, their past deaths, mm. which is the deaths are often violent, traumatic, or sudden. Mm. Which can explain why some kids have kind of PTSD Mm. when they shouldn't. Mm. I remember hearing a story about some kid who remembered dying in a plane crash and got really anxious about planes. Planes. Even though he's five years old, it's his first plane ride. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Exactly. You know, if they have like wartime memories, even though they've never been to war. You know, because they're like four. (laughs) Yeah. So, some of these children might even have birthmarks or birth defects that match the location of their often fatal wounds from their previous lives. So, I have three little examples from Tucker's Tucker's essay. Uh, There was a girl born with malformed fingers who remembered the life of a man whose fingers were chopped off. Mm Mm-hmm. 
a boy with only stubs for fingers on his right hand who remembered the life of a boy in another village who lost the fingers of his right hand in a fodder chopping machine. And a girl who remembered the life of a man who underwent skull surgery and who had a three centimeter wide area of pale scar-like tissue that extended around her entire head. And three centimeters is a little over an inch. Yeah. Yeah, it's like an inch and about a quarter. Yeah. So, you know, just like, it could be coincidence. It could also be like the wounds from the past life. Yeah. Um... Also, so what you were saying about the womb thing. Yeah. About 20% of these children have memories of their time in between lives. For example, are seeing you telling, their own funerals. Are you telling... Well, I don't remember that. So, <laughs> you know. Because 100%, I, I think Greg and I were messing with my mom. Uh, so we were definitely like messing with us Because I, I have no memory of the funerals I have not attended. Um <laughs> You have no memory of being in your mom's womb? Nope. Sorry <laughs> to all y'all, including my mother. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it was a comfy womb. Yeah. I'm sure you got a Barbie playhouse. <laughs> in, in the womb, yes. As um, well as a womb can provide that I'm sure I received. <laughs> anyway. So now I have just three stories. I told you this is going to be a hefty video, but it's good for a commute. Mm. Uh, hefty video, hefty podcast. Yeah. So, I have three stories. I limited it to three. Okay. And one of them is kind of short, so it might be more like two and a half. Okay. So, this one, I'm just going to read word for word. It's from the University of Virginia magazine. Okay. (laughs) When Ryan was four, he began directing imaginary movies. Shouts of action often echoed from his room. But the play became a concern for Ryan's parents when he began waking up in the middle of the night, screaming and clutching his chest, saying he dreamed his heart exploded when he was in Hollywood. His mother asked his doctor about this episode, the episodes. Night terrors, the doctor said. He'll outgrow them. Then one night, as his mother tucked Ryan into bed, Ryan suddenly took hold of her hand. Mama, he said, I think I used to be someone else. (laughs) He said he remembered a big white house and a swimming pool. It was in Hollywood, many miles from his Oklahoma home. He said he had three sons, but he couldn't remember their names. He began to cry, asking his mother over and over why he couldn't remember their names. I really didn't know what to do, she said. I was more in shock than anything. He was so insistent about it. After that night, he kept talking about it, kept getting upset about not being able to remember those names. I started researching the internet about reincarnation. I even got some books from the library on Hollywood, thinking their pictures might help him. I didn't tell anyone for months. Mm. One day, as Ryan and his mom paged through one of the Hollywood books, Ryan stopped at a black-and-white still taken from a 1930s movie, Night After Night. Two men in the center of the picture were confronting one, one another. Four other men surrounded them. His mother didn't recognize any of the faces, but Ryan pointed to one of the men in the middle. Hey, Mama, he said. That's George. We did a picture together. What? Oh, my God. His finger then shot over to a man on the right wearing an overcoat and a scowl. That guy's me. I found me. What? (laughs) The book didn't provide any names of the actors pictured, but she quickly confirmed that the man Ryan said was George in the photo was indeed a George. George Raft, an all but forgotten film star from the 1930s and 40s. Still, his mother couldn't identify the man Ryan said had been him. She wrote Tucker, the, you know, the guy, whom the... The UVA researcher. The UVA guy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whom she found through her online research and included the photo. Eventually, it ended up in the hands of a film archivist who, after weeks of research, confirmed the scowling man's name, Martin Martin, an uncredited extra in the film. What a name. <laughs> it's Martin with an I and then Martin with a Y. Still, what a name. What a name. (laughs) Not long afterward, Tucker and the family traveled to California to meet Martin's daughter, who'd been tracked down by researchers working with Tucker on a documentary. Tucker sat down with the woman before her meeting with Ryan. She'd been reluctant to help, but during her talk with Tucker, she confirmed dozens of facts Ryan had given about her father. Ryan Ryan said he danced in New York. Martin was a Broadway dancer. Ryan said he was also an agent and that people where he worked had changed their names. 
Martin worked for years at a well-known talent agency in Hollywood where stage names were often created after his dancing career ended. Ryan said his old address had rock in its name. Martin lived at 825 North Roxbury Drive in Beverly Hills. Ryan said he knew a man named Senator Five. Martin's daughter said she had a picture of her father with a Senator Ives, Irving Ives of New York. Oh my God. <laughs> but who that... served in the US Senate from 1947 to 1959. Oh my God. And yes, Martin Martin had three sons. The daughter, of course, knew their names. Oh my God. That's a lot. It is a lot. I tried to get, you know, ones that had like backing evidence because yeah. a lot of this time, I think if you don't put in the research, then you're not going to, or sometimes you don't have enough details to put in the research. Yeah. I mean, what gets me is like, is, oh, that's George and there I am. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and the fact that the, that it wasn't captioned with George so-and-so confronts so-and-so yeah. while Martin Martin looks on. Yeah, exactly. Like, there wasn't any caption. You had to look up where the name was. That's what gets me. Exactly. Like, yeah. Oh my and God. not just that, but like, I love the, it's almost creepy, the childlike cadence of like, yeah. y- you can tell it's like a child because it's like, Senator Five. Yeah. And it's like Senator Ives, but, you know, yeah. a child probably wouldn't think Ives. They would probably think Fives, yeah. I think. Yeah. Because you know? it's, it's close enough of a crossover. And how old was this kid when they were doing this? Around four. Yeah. That makes sense. That tracks. Yeah. All right. Here's my second story. All right. Two year. Oh, so I just want to say props to the mom for, like, yeah. for taking believing her kids seriously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So two-year-old James Leninger a Louisiana boy who loved toy planes, um, started to have repeating nightmares, repeated nightmares of a horrible plane crash. He would kick his legs up in the air, screaming, airplane crash on fire, little man can't get out. Then during the day, he would slam his toy planes into the family's coffee table while yelling, airplane crash on fire, to the extent that there were dozens of scratches and dents in the table. James talked about the crash, relating that he had been a pilot and that he had flown off a boat. His father asked him the name of the boat, and he said, Natoma. When his father remarked, that sounds Japanese to me, James replied, no, it's American. James went on to say that he had piloted a type of plane called a Corsair, that his nickname was Little Man, and that he had a friend on the boat named Jack Larson. After years of painstaking research, James's father learned that an American aircraft carrier, the USS Natoma Bay, had supported operations at Iwo Jima during that World War II battle, and that it had lost one pilot there, a young man from Pennsylvania named James Hudson. His plane crashed almost exactly as described, hitting the engine, exploding, crashing into the water, and quickly sinking. And the pilot in the plane next to his when this happened was named Jack Larson. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Lisa's face. Just the eyes opening and like stopping mid-drink of water. No, it was any like, I don't know, pop icon where someone's overly getting on their straw or something. That was my face. Good so, grief. I know. Yeah. But I love the I love the confidence that these kids have. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a Japanese plane. No, it's American. Yeah, I mean, kids are like that, though. I find that a lot of times kids, when you give them a prompt, they'll say yes. Yeah. So if you say, They're very good at yes yes, ending. Yes, exactly. So the fact that he corrects him is a little like... Yeah, it's well. I also want to reiterate, this kid that's going, airplane crash on fire and doing all this, he's two. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, two-year-old James Leninger. Oh my god. Yeah. So, you know, he's probably a very verbal two year old. Yeah. But like two is when they want to yes and because yeah. they want to absorb as much information as you're yeah. giving them. Yeah. Three or four is when they start pushing back and being yeah. like, Actually Actually no. You're wrong. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's just like But wow. that's what I kinda love about kids in general is that like when they're young young you could tell them fairies, you could tell them dinosaurs, you could tell them that uh, the pink elephants are responsible for global warming, and they would absolutely <laughs> believe you. Because it's, it, 
Because they don't know no, yet. Yeah, They're, they don't know everything. Everything is foreign. Yeah. Everything is foreign. They're but like aliens. Because they don't know anything, everything is possible. Yes. Right? Um, which is what makes it so wild because, like, what does this kid know about American, like, Flight, American like, names for ships or whatever? For, yeah, for, like, airplanes and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Damn. Anyway. Right. So last one. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to pronounce this last name, but this is a boy from Thailand. His name uh, is Chennai Chumalaiwang. That's the best I can do. Okay. okay. Thai people of, or was it Taiwan or Thailand? Thailand. Tha- all right. Thai folks of Jeremy Minaj, please send in your corrections. Right. So, so when Chennai was three years old, he began saying that he had been a teacher named Boa Kai who had been shot and killed one day as he rode his bicycle to school. Hmm. He begged to be taken to his parents, that is, Boa Kai's parents. The teacher's parents. The teacher's parents. And he named the village where he said they lived. Hmm. Eventually, he and his grandmother took a bus that stopped in a town near that village. Hmm. His grandmother reported that after they got off the bus, Chennai led her to a house where an older couple lived. Hmm. So he knew where he was going. Yeah. Chennai appeared to recognize the couple who were the parents of Buakai Lanak, a teacher who had been shot and killed on the way to school five years before Chennai was born. Hmm. No autopsy report was available for Buakai Lanak, so Stevenson, who that re- the first researcher, hmm. interviewed witnesses who saw the body. Hmm. His widow reported that the doctor involved in the case said her husband had been shot from behind, because the small round wound on the back of his head was a typical entry wound, whereas the larger, more irregularly shaped wound on his forehead was typical of an exit wound. Mm. Chennai was born with two birthmarks, a small round birthmark on the back of his head <gasps> and a larger, more irregularly shaped one toward the front. Uh, oh my god. I know! <laughs> <laughs> I did that one for last because it's yeah. like the... He had yeah. the exit and entry yeah. wounds. So, closing thoughts. These kids aren't crazy. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, these children... So, it's been found that these children are usually highly intelligent with little yeah. snow behavioral problems. Okay. So, they're not just saying things, just saying things. Okay. Now, that being said, fantasy and pretend play are normal and healthy parts of child development. Okay. They are constantly playing pretend, and they are also often exposed to all sorts of media with lots of imagination, like flying and talking animals and magic Mm. and stuff like that. So you might think, okay, well, it's just because they saw something on TV or, you know, they're just pretending. This doesn't mean... So children using play pretend and having fantastical ideas... It doesn't mean that they can't distinguish fantasy from reality so Mm. much as they are just more open and accepting of Uh, fantasy and fantastical things. That makes sense. Um, There's also this theory is not a, this one theory is not a theory that I saw in my research like for this, but it's Mm. something I had heard before, which is that because they're so young and they're closer to the beginning of a new life cycle, uh, that's why they still hold memories from the old life cycle like it's bleeding into oh, the yeah. new life cycle that makes sense and that's why adults can't remember their past lives and as the kids get older it's harder they, it's harder for them to remember it that makes sense yeah so that's a theory hmm. um so it could be that they're just that kids are just more in tune with fantasy and more willing like you said mm-hmm. to believe things yeah and like understand things that yeah. adults are not willing to believe that makes sense and it could also be that they are just in the life cycle phase kind of in this in between yeah that makes sense also fun fact mm. uh in countries where reincarnation is a core belief so say in india okay where a lot of the religions discussed at the beginning have either origins or major influence exactly Children with reincarnation stories are more likely to keep their memories longer hmm. than, say, Western countries where parents aren't necessarily encouraging of these beliefs. Huh. Because if you already believe in reincarnation and then your kid says, this is who I was in the past life, then you're like, oh, yeah, what? Mm. what's tell me more about that? Yeah. Because that it's sense. not weird to you. Yeah. Whereas if you don't believe in reincarnation and your and your child says this is who I was in past life, you're gonna think that's All weird right, Jan. and creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So you're not going to want to encourage it. So I just yeah. thought that was a fun fact. Like, yeah. You know. All right. You're fostering. So that's basically what I have about reincarnation and past lives. Do you have any questions? Any closing statements? Um, I don't think so. Uh, at least not for me. Dear if, listeners. Go ahead. If you or I ever have children that have past lives, we have to... We have to we have to record it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just so you know, it will be a recurring pod topic. Um, <laughs> but, dear listeners, if you have any follow up questions or comments, uh, send us an email drearymidnightpodcast at gmail dot com. Yes. It's also, yes. if you have any corrections as well about pronunciations or uh, further facts about the religions that neither Celeste nor I practice. Yes. Yes. Uh, again, drearymidnightpodcast at gmail dot com is the best place to do that. Do you believe in incarnation? Do you believe in past lives? Because I sure do. I <laughs> well, I don't know if I believe in like the whole concept of reincarnation, but I definitely believe that it's a possibility. Yeah. I mean. The universe is vast and full of possibility. And yeah. so I think plenty of things uh, have been possible, have been known to happen, and will be known to happen. I just don't know for sure if reincarnation is one of them, but yeah. I also don't know that it's not one of them. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's a good, good. Yeah. Elucidate yeah. your philosophical statements. <laughs> Dreary Midnight Podcast at gmail.com <laughs> or send them on Instagram at Dreary Midnight Pod, uh, which Celeste mostly runs, but I'm in the DMs occasionally. <laughs> um, and the if you want to support us with money, which is the best place to do that, yes, there's uh, going to be some more tourism tales coming your way momentarily. But a lot of stuff is going to be coming your way. The best place to support us is Patreon. with money. Patreon.com slash Dreary Midnight. It ensures that we can keep our recording equipment yes. nice and you around. Know, fixed. <laughs> <laughs> nice and around. Yes. Is a good way to say it. Uh, it helps pay for the music and all that kind of thing. Um, our theme song is licensed through Epidemic Sound. And the artist is 16 Wheelers. The song is called Ghost Hunt. And... With all that said, keep in mind, karma's only a bitch if you are. <laughs> and safe travels home on this dreary midnight. Good night. Good night.